Listeners, it's great to have you here with us tonight, listening to Music Biz 101 and more! Music Biz 101 and more is brave new radio is what it is, Dr. Esteban. Reunion tonight. This is a reunion show. It is. Because it's you and me and Ashley Weltner no, behind the board. That's what? That's not the reunion. There's more reunion than this? Yes. It's what are you talking about? 1991 graduate and a 1990 graduate. Am I correct? I am a 1990 graduate. Right. And our guest is a 1991 graduate. We have a 1991 graduate. And they didn't even remember each other until they saw each other. Yes. And then uh, this is Chris Roslin. Howdy. Hey, Chris Roslin. He's the president of Roslin and Campion, I-O-N, not I-A-N. Uh, PR, public relations, sorry. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we saw each other. We hadn't seen each other in probably 60 years. And it was a, it was a warm embrace, wasn't it? Yes, Chris? I would say. Beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it had it, it all. It really did. It really for, did. For today's times. Yeah. I mean, I don't want you to harass anyone. Right, right. Because you would never do that. <laughs> no, certainly, certainly would not do that. And... So, of course, this is the last show of the season. The last show of the calendar year 2017. We will be on next week. There will be a us. yeah. There will be a brand new show next week, but oh. it will not be us playing live. It is we do Chris every year with our uh, group, the music music and entertainment organization. They're called Mio. We do a live panel discussion and we record it, and that's going to be the show that is going to air next week. Oh, the panel from the November. Yes. Oh, I thought that was already... No, it has not been played. It will play ah. next week. And who edited that? Ashley Weltner. Ah, what a come... Uh, what a uh, intro. Yeah, what a Ashley Weltner, segue. who is our producer, who is an engineer, who is pretty much our everything. Well. Andy Gibbs sang, I Just Want to Be Your Everything, in around 1978 on RSO Records, and I'd like to sing that to you right now, if I may, Ashley Please. Weltner. Please. I just want to be your everything. Okay. Was that good? Was no, that good? That was, was uh, live. Good. That was good. Okay. Good to have you. So, hey, why don't we do some talking? Um, that's all we've been doing. So you heard at the very top, Don't Let Love Down by Rob Fusari. Very big deal. And uh, we want to remind everybody that we have no student co-host tonight. Mm -hmm. We've been blown off. But we uh, should ask you to follow us on... MusicBiz101WP.com, that is our website, and that's where you can go get all great information about William Patterson University's Music and Entertainment Industries program, also stuff going on. Sign up for our newsletter, and you can follow us on the Twitter, the Instagram, and face the book at MusicBiz101WP. And we're also streaming this live on Instagram right now. Wow. This is pretty crazy. And we streamed at uh, GoBrave.org as well. It's streaming uh, live at GoBrave.org. It's also streaming on the TuneIn. 
Dominion Broadcast Network. Yes. So there we go. Uh, we should give some thanks. You should. I'm going to give some thanks. Thanks to Van Dyne Bruno Inc., the folks there, and at White Hat Management with artists like Charlie the Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. CPA.com when it's good for you. We want to, We already thank Rob Fusari. We should also mention to our good friend, Chris Rosin of Rosin and Campione Public Relations. We should remind you that Music Biz, or sorry, Managing Your Band, 6th edition is out, has been out. And don't you think that would make a great Christmas gift or Hanukkah gift? Yes. It's just the right price, too, because you're not... You wouldn't feel cheap, nor would you feel extravagant. Right, but we're not going to talk price. about pricing on this no, sort of radio, but we will say that it is available at backwingsomething.com and also Barnes & Noble and Amazon, the dot-com people. Yes. Right. So that is where we are, Marconi. Yes. So why don't you start everything off with our good friend Chris Roslin? Yes, well... Thank you, Chris, for joining us. Uh, let me just ask you, Rob Fusari, now that's another classmate of mine, if I yes. correctly. He had yeah. quite a career there, huh? Yes, <laughs> big producer, st yeah. he discovered Lady Gaga. Yeah, is he still in business? Is he still doing that stuff? He's still producing. Wrote uh, No, 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 he wrote uh, Bootalicious, he wrote uh, Theme from Wild Wild West with uh, Will Smith. And so on. So he's really done very well. Yeah, I remember. And he's a friend of the the program. Actually, he's going to be the musical director for your '80s show this March. I want my '80s, the best of MTV's ladies, coming April 6th to William Patterson the University. <laughs> April, okay. All right. Yes. Anyway, getting back to Chris, it's good to see you. Likewise. And uh, we've been following your career, maybe from afar, maybe a little bit too far. But I think uh, the listeners would like to know, especially the DIY people, is uh, how did you get started in PR and why did you choose PR, actually? Well, I came here to William Patterson, um, that, you know, enrolled in the, the, the music management program and, and knew I wanted to be in the music business somewhere. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to be a player. I knew that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I ended up in the jazz program, which was just absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are so good. I did not have one-tenth of the talent that those guys had. But I made it through, mm -hmm. and um, I was leaning towards entertainment law. I thought that would be really cool, and, and I know Seton Hall has a really great program, and they're local, so I was leaning heavily into that. And then I took George's class mm -hmm. here in, in, in music PR, and... Um, I mean, before I was in college, I was in bands throughout high school, and you know, whenever we'd play somewhere, I would um, call a newspaper and get stories about playing somewhere. So, like when I took George's class and really learned what music PR was, mm -hmm. I, it was just like a revelation for me that, like, hey, I already know how to do this, and mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at it. I have s at least some understanding of this, mm -hmm. and um, so I. I uh, wanted to go into that. I mean, that that one class really made up my mind that that's what I wanted to do. So, cool. uh, in the program here, um, I think senior year they had an honors internship. Yeah, and um, I started out at Island Records <clears throat> in the in the city. Um, I was there for about a week, and they merged with like Polygram, and mm -hmm. they laid off the entire PR. 
team at Island Records, like in my first week. Hmm. So after a couple of days of sitting around and not having anything to do because there was nobody left, I uh, made some calls and arranged uh, to, to be to transfer my internship to uh, Rogers and Cowan Public Relations, which is really the firm that invented invented the career of PR back in Hollywood in the mm-hmm. 1920s and 30s, all the big Hollywood celebrities. So they're still a leader in entertainment PR, mm-hmm. and um, I, I started interning there. And it was it was a big deal. It was a full time thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was. It's, it's, do you still have that here as part yeah, of the sure. Yeah, it's like forty sure. hours a week. It's it's like working at this company. Right. So um, I, I got to work in a whole uh, number of different areas at, at at their firm. They have different divisions: music, entertainment, corporate, arts. Um, and I, and I actually got to work in, in all of them, which was mm. very, very, very good for me. And as it turned out later in my career, like some of the things I'm doing now, I haven't done since that internship, uh-huh. but like, I remember it from doing that internship. So right. it's, it's right. really served me very well. Um, so I, I, I worked there and, and I'm trying to, uh, I made some notes here. I, I, I was doing some PR for a, like a young teen girls magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing some arts and photography clients that they had. Um, they had some kind of Duke Ellington project that I was involved with. Um, I did some movies with like Kiefer Sutherland and Brooke Shields I was helping out with. Um, I was, um, I, I, I helped out on an Oscar campaign with Carl Malden, <laughs> um, which I have some funny stories about that. But, uh, in terms of music, I, I got to work on Paula Abdul when, mm-hmm. when she was at her peak. Um, right. and, uh, the most important thing I did there was work on a, um, a Rolling Stones project. Mm-hmm. They had released an IMAX film that was live in concert. And at the time, I think that was one of the very first IMAX films that was ever released. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to work on that and help on the New York City premiere and doing some press for that across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, after, you know, it was a really tremendous experience. And after the internship, I got hired there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I worked there for probably about eight months, um, uh, mostly in like this corporate arts sponsorship, but I was helping out in these other areas as well. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the year came around, and um, similar to what happened at Island Records, um, the, uh, the 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 people, every single person, executive in the department I was working in, decided to leave Rogers and Cowan and go start their own company. <laughs> so. Like, again, I was, like, left, you know, in the lurch. Right. And I, I didn't want to go with them to this new company because they weren't doing music, which is what I really wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I stuck around for Rogers and Cowan, and they kept me on for a little bit more, but they just didn't have the billing to support it. So right. I, I kind of got out of that. Um, I, and uh, I ended up um, working. I ended up talking with these guys in, in New Jersey who were starting an independent record company mm-hmm. um it was called continuum records and it was a, a british guy well, i had um, heard of that label yeah yeah so it was a brand it was a startup 
uh, independent record company. Mm-hmm. And I'd been talking to them for a couple of weeks, and they said they had some cool like solo projects coming from really big artists, but they didn't go into detail. And they they said they had a, like a techno record come in, which was really big, mm-hmm. and um, they had a, a, a record by the British comedian Benny Hill, who right. was on TV, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they you know they didn't make any decisions, and it was kind of dragging on. And I, one day I turn on the news and I see Benny Hill dies. <laughs> so I, I call them right away and I'm like, guys, I don't know if you saw this news, but Benny Hill just died. So if you got this record, you should put it out right now. Mm-hmm. So they said, yeah, come on in. So they hired me. So I, I got my big break <laughs> because Benny Hill died. <laughs> and um, I got so much press for that record because it, we like announced it like within like two or three days of his dying. So we, we had... A, ton of press they were super excited so they mm-hmm. hired me full time and it turns out the next album that they w- were going to release was a solo record by charlie watts the drummer oh. from the rolling stones yeah who i had just worked with when i was at rogers and cowan so they totally remembered me right uh they were happy i was on the case and i got to work this um this incredible record by you know one of the, the Rolling Stones. Was it a stuff. jazz record? It was a tribute to Charlie Parker. Yeah, I, I remember that record. Yeah, when it came out. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, I was very green. I mean, you know, I, you know, I did an internship and I worked for eight months at a PR company, but you know, I right. was really thrown into the fire here. Yeah. Um, working on a superstar musician, so I was definitely way in over my, over my head on this one. <laughs> but miraculously, it all worked out. Right. Um, there was some crazy stuff along the way, but it went really. Um, the next record they released was a solo album from Ronnie Wood, guitar mm. player from the Rolling Stones, and. Yeah. and um, Worked on that. Um, uh, Roger Daltrey, we did a solo record from. Um, so they, they kept getting all these great art, you know, incredible artists. Yeah, British and, artists. Yeah. yeah. So, so somewhere along the way, they hired this new kid to, to work in the mailroom, mm-hmm. right? And back then, uh, there wasn't all the digital technology that there was today. Sure. So I used to have this this mailroom kid do. Um, all my mailings, and mm-hmm. I used to have a thousand like my number on my mailing list. Mm-hmm. So every time a new CD would come out, I would give this kid labels <laughs> and a pile of a thousand CDs, and he would sit back in the mailroom doing this for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so one day, the head of the label he comes out and he says, "Chris, we've signed a new artist. Um, I, I want you to meet this artist hmm. because he's here today." And I said, oh, really? Who is it? He said, it's the mailroom kid. And I'm like, what? The mailroom kid? What kind of artist is the mailroom kid, right? He says his name is Kid Rock. Really? Yeah, it was Kid Rock. Wow. Bob Ritchie. He worked in the mailroom at this what record company. World. Yeah, so it's so crazy, right? <laughs> so he used to do my mailings. So, um, so I got to work with him. And was I- he good at it? Yeah, he was great at it. Wow. <laughs> he was a little bit of a slacker, I have to say. But with his persona, it goes with his persona. But he was right. a nice kid. He was a, he was a nice guy. Right. So, uh, yeah, so um, I worked some of his early stuff before he got signed by Jason Flom, I think, at Atlantic, mm-hmm. and when he really hit it big. But, like, I was, you know, was there from the beginning doing some of that stuff, which was, which was pretty cool. And... Um, 
then um, I had my fill of working in independent record companies, and I, I wanted to, to go back. I, I really like doing the independent, like, PR firm consulting kind of stuff. So um, I actually started working with, with George Dassinger from, you know, my, my teacher from here, mm -hmm. and I, I worked with him for, um, I don't know, better part of a year or so, helping him out. He was working on country music, which I liked, mm -hmm. um, and he had... Um, a big modeling agency in the city um, mm -hmm. doing all these superstar models. I remember Tyra Banks was one of the first models, uh, yeah. you know, that we worked on. So um, I, I got some experience working in that area, um, which was interesting. And then, then I got the opportunity to, to go work at another PR firm in the city um, who really specialized in rock and roll music, which is what I, what I wanted to do. A uh, gentleman, is, uh, his name was uh, Joe Dara. Mm -hmm. the company was Dara and Associates, and he uh, years before was uh, he ran the New York office of Rogers and Cowan before my time there, and at some point he had left Rogers and Cowan and took all his clients with him mm -hmm. uh, to start this company, um, you know, which included Paul McCartney and David Bowie and all these, you know, really uh, Duran Duran, all these prominent artists. So I, I went to work for him and and uh, headed up the music uh, division there. So, um, spent probably eight to ten years with him working exclusively on you know great music stuff. Um, they got to do so many cool things. Paul, several records by Paul McCartney, tours with Paul McCartney. Um, Who's Paul McCartney? Part, you keep yeah, blowing, those, naming yeah, this. Yeah, Who is guys, this? Is he yeah. Irish? He's still yeah, doing it. What does he do? He's still out there. What does he do? Out there, I think. Was <laughs> he like pan flute or something? <laughs> yeah. I got to work out of his office in London for a week, which was very cool, <laughs> and you know, experienced the real Beatles phenomenon. It was it was really cool. Yeah. Um, got to work with ZZ Top for a, a long time, um, and did some really fun and exciting things with them. Um, Did you have to grow a beard? I didn't have to grow a beard, no. no but I, one of the funniest experiences of, of my whole career was going to the inauguration of George W. Bush with ZZ Top <laughs> and going through a secret security check with them, wearing all their, you know, tuxedos, yeah. of course, but all their, like, bracelets right. and metal and belts and <laughs> buckles and all that stuff. It took about three hours to get through security with them, but it was fun, so... Um, uh, got to work. Uh, we did the whole Ray Davies Storyteller uh, launch, uh, mm -hmm. which was a really big deal back then. It, it really, uh, a number of artists kind of followed in that footsteps. Uh, so, worked with. Um, what year is this around? Where are we now? 95, 96, okay. somewhere around there. So, um, got to. I worked with Ray for, I don't know, probably two or three years doing Storyteller and his tours all over the place. Um, Steve Winwood, Foreigner, The Band, Scorpions. Uh, members of Pink Floyd, John Anderson from Yes, um, worked with, um, I, I, I launched uh, the first tour from Jessica Simpson when she first started. Mm -hmm. um, I launched, uh, I did the first uh, album from Diana Krall, mm. um, who's just an amazing superstar today. Um, we did, uh, we worked with John Scher, Metropolitan Entertainment. Mm -hmm for four or five years uh, doing 300 concerts a year for them in, in the, the, the tri-state area. Mm -hmm. um, we opened, uh, launched the um, Prudential Center in Newark with 10 shows of Bon Jovi. Uh, I did the PR for Woodstock 99, mm -hmm. um, which was pretty crazy. Um, 
I worked with a, a number of jazz artists, George Benson, Al Jarreau, um, uh, country music, you know, a ton of artists. Uh, did the Gibson Guitar Company for a good 10 years. Uh, we did the, the U.S. launch of the HMV record store chain from the U.K., mm -hmm. uh, including the one in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that had just opened up. Um, rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, the first one with David Fishoff. I don't know if you know David, but yeah. he's a character. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, so I did, you know, ton of really cool, fun music stuff for a good number of years. And this was still with Dara? That was Dara, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um... Is there that much business these days? Um... I mean, you're going naming band after band, yeah. really, all that stuff. And, um, so in 2017, are you doing that much I'm stuff? Not are doing people that doing stuff. that much stuff? Are uh, there... I don't, I don't think so, but we got out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, we saw... Uh, the music industry tra changing drastically, and we saw the media landscape changing drastically. Um, so we actually made a conscious decision to, to kind of diversify a little bit, not, not necessarily get out of music, but just go into other areas mm -hmm. um, uh, because, you know, small business, you got to have, have business all the time. Um, and, I mean, when I f first started, uh, down this road, there were hundreds of record companies, and um, all the record companies hired PR agencies. And, and over time, uh, there was just so much consolidation that there were like no no record companies. But mm -hmm. you know, towards the end of it, so so uh, yeah, we did, we decided to get into other areas, and uh, we we uh, kind of identified what sorts of things we were passionate about, and mm -hmm. we, we made forays into those areas and it has uh, served us very well i have to say um i, I actually hardly do any music uh anymore um one one client two clients a year at the most um things that interest me i i, uh, I don't pursue it um you know they, they 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 come to us if you know just based on recommendations or referrals mm -hmm. from people that we know from back then but yeah it's it's just totally different now you miss Working no, with musicians? Not, not at all. No. <laughs> Why is that? Um, because it's uh, it's promoting art. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, I'm not really promoting art so much as I'm promoting things that matter and make mm -hmm. a difference in people's lives. For example? Um, humanitarian organizations, politics. Mm -hmm. um, I, I work with a lot of authors, um, different... Uh, food and beverage companies, mm -hmm. um, a lot more newsworthy things. Um, I, d I do quite a bit of uh, like crisis management and communications now for for different clients and mm -hmm. you know really strategic things. So the the, the kinds of things that I'm working on now really uh, they, they 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 really have meaning to me. Right. Whereas you know you know the music. I don't know. I, I've actually lost my passion for music too. Right? I used to be so into it and listen to music all the time, and I, I don't even listen to music anymore. <laughs> it's funny because you're a jazz. You were a jazz major. I we were actually yeah. going to have you play a few standards for us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. six or seven, just Let's a quick see. set. I, I probably can't even play a chord anymore. To be honest <laughs> with you, I, I haven't right. touched my guitar in 25 years. He doesn't even drive in a chord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I see what so I did. Do you, um, did you get involved with this? Um, Harassment things now that are occurring. I, I do have um, uh, one client so far. Knock on wood. Um, mm -hmm. that, that has been uh, 
directly involved in this, not the allegations against my client, but right. you know, kind of business partners with my clients. So, so what kind of, um, you know, is there sort of a protocol for this type of crisis management or what, what actually are you doing? You certainly don't mention the name, but I mean, what are you, what are you doing now for that situation? Well, it's it's really identifying, you know, what's what's coming, um, mm -hmm. you know, what are the media going to be reporting, and and then um, the the typical protocol is to to kind of craft a statement mm -hmm. um, that uh, that you can issue on behalf of your client as as that that client spokesperson, or sometimes it's directly from the client. Mm -hmm. um, typically, in the PR world. Um, when, when a crisis hits like this, you, you don't want to be out there doing interviews, mm -hmm. um, especially if you're not a, you know, especially if you're not great at interviewing. Some people just, they struggle with it. So mm -hmm. um, in, in, in most cases, you'll see, and if, if you read any of these stories in the paper today, it'll say, um, you know, this, this person issued a statement or a spokesperson issued this statement. So that's really what it, uh, the, like the, the initial steps are is to, um, okay. to, to create some kind of statement on behalf of your client that explains their position mm -hmm. and, and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. So, so yeah, I, I was I was involved with that. Um, so many times, it's meeting a client when they're in a pretty crisis mode and trying to get what would be the most sensible yeah way to yeah. <laughs> expose this. You have to understand what their position is and and their explanation for things and what they want to say and really what's going to be best for their brand um mm -hmm. you know uh so it's there's there's really a whole lot that goes into it and a lot of times especially when there's lawsuits involved you know you're you're dealing with lawyers and um yeah you know a lot of times the, the lawyers and PR have a disconnect um, because the, the lawyers always want, you know, they don't want you to say anything typically. Right. Um, but like sometimes you just have to say something. So what is it that, that you can say that's going to satisfy the lawyers and that's going to satisfy, you know, the, the audience. Mm -hmm. The concern being self, uh, crim, uh, self criminal, criminal, crimin <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't want to admit to anything. You don't want to say the wrong thing that can be used against yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I had the word in my head, but I <laughs> right. can't Fifth say Fifth Amendment, yeah. Like, <laughs> you never want to say no comment. I mean, that's the worst mm -hmm. thing that you do. Why is that the worst thing? Because it, 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 it looks like you're being evasive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be evasive. You want to get out there and explain and apologize if need be. Or, you know, it depends on, on what we're talking about here. So. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's really, you know, I, I really enjoy that sort of work. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's 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 exciting and it can help people. It can save reputations. Can mm -hmm. can people whether you're an artist manager who ha who works with uh, maybe they farm out uh, the, their public relations or maybe it's a label who has it. Is there any way to get ahead of this? Is there any way to actually go to your artists and go to your let's say you're representing politicians or any of these people and say is there anything we don't know so that we can be ready should the worst case scenario happen and somebody comes and says, I have pictures, I have texts, I have whatever. You know, I've never really heard of proactively asking somebody because it could be anything. Like you don't mm -hmm. know what it's going to be. And mm -hmm. in the case of sexual harassment, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, if there are, if there are clients that I suspect could be involved with that, mm -hmm. I, I could, certainly could ask them, you know, Hey, mm -hmm. I just want to, you know, um, and, and, and a lot of times, uh, 
for for certain clients, we go through extensive media training when we first start working with them, and we'll sit down with a, a top media trainer, and we we will identify areas where we need to help this person in case they are asked about something. Mm. So it's it, it, there is that kind of like exploratory conversation mm. going on, and then proactively creating talking points or ways to handle interviews should they be ambushed with with questions like right. that because mm -hmm. that that sort of stuff happens all the time so uh, well, it's interesting now of course that with the sexual harassment uh it's almost a case where when there's uh someone who's allegedly did something that it's one of the few areas in in the law where they're guilty until they prove themselves innocent so you're sort of having to go the opposite to make this, uh, you know, uh, in the best interest of your client. Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, just, you know, going on some recent examples, I, I thought Mario Batali's statement mm -hmm. um, on Monday was just great. You what know? was his statement? It was, I, you know, yes, this is, you know, I don't remember these specific incidences, right. but this is consistent with how I have acted. And I apologize for mm -hmm. hurting people. I, I think that that was exactly. It's interesting. Everyone but um, um, James Levine has admitted. You know, they've gone out and they haven't said, "I denied this," and walked yeah. away from the cameras. And yeah. so, and they've all said, "I've done this. I've acted poorly. I apologize, and I'm going to whatever." And it seems to be that's the trend. Right now, with all of these yeah, yeah. guys, don't deny it. You know. <laughs> well, sometimes there's just so much evidence, and you have multiple women yeah, coming well, that's out. That's what it is. I mean, what I what I'm really interested in is like the enablers in this case. It's not so much the person that did it, but mm -hmm. the the people who knew about it, but that but didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And the story, what was it yesterday about? Um, the guy from the Spotted Pig, what was his name? Ken Friedman, I think. Yeah, his name Friedman. Yeah, I mean, he's partners with Chef April Bloomfield, who's a world-renowned chef, and the yeah. Spotted Pig, and many restaurants in the city. And these allegations came out yesterday um, that this has been going on for a long time, mm -hmm. and these women have um, complained to Chef April, who's supposed, to, you know, she's for right. women, you know, yeah. and and you know, she's her statement was. Oh, he, uh, you know, can work the front of the house. I stayed in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, so, like, that That's, was, to me, that was not a successful yeah. statement, statement that, right, that she issued. Right. I mean, um, but I, I, I think some of these folks, I mean, and from a PR perspective, it's going to be very difficult for these people to explain, mm -hmm. you know, how they knew about this and, mm -hmm. you know, said nothing and did right. nothing. So. I think Quentin Tarantino is one of the people who said he knew what Harvey Weinstein yes. had done to people, and well, he felt of, horrible that he most most never everyone said, has said that yeah. you know he's just he was renowned. That was his mo. Yeah, you well, know, and, he and was so powerful. In full disclosure, for the last year, I have been the publicist of record for Harvey Weinstein's publishing company. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the book I, publishing book company. Publishing right. company. Okay. Yeah, um, right. but I've I never met him, right. never spoken right. with him. I had never heard any of these stories. Right. Um, right. So it's but it's interesting to me because the people that I worked with, you know, worked right there in the office with him. Right. So uh, you know, I, I just I feel terrible for these people. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, what did they know? I mean, you mm -hmm. know, you know, it's, it must be a horrible situation, especially like especially with this, these these super powerful celebrities, and you work for them. 
and something like and you know something like how can you how can you speak up like who do you talk who do you speak up to like, yeah you know right. it, it must it's a very difficult situation yeah. for these people to be it's much more complicated than you think i mean even for the people who are coming forward you complain well it was 15 years ago that was 30 years ago that was that whatever but it's only now that they're feeling empowered to come forward, especially with the Harvey Weinstein stuff. I mean, it's people get Gwyneth Paltrow, it's mm -hmm. oh, it's Oscar winners, yeah. it's uh, Brad Pitt's ex-wife, uh, um, Jolie, Angelina Jolie, you know, right. another Oscar winner. They never came forward until now because right. the, climate, the culture, yeah, yeah, wasn't there. The, the climate today is so different. For yeah, that. yeah, and and, and we, I mean, today Tavis Smiley went down. Yeah, really? I didn't Russell, hear that. Yeah, Russell Simmons. And, yeah. Russell Simmons yeah, again. Again. Yeah. Some yeah. Hyatt came out uh, today talking about Weinstein. Too. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 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 But anyway, let's move on from that I, because I don't want to take the whole hour on this, but. Cool, can I ask one more question just about that before we go? I apologize. May I? Are you getting that on video, the face he was making? Um, just one last thing about that, because, for example, um, you've worked with some of these people, and then um, obviously you were talking about how the public relations person is helping them craft the statement. Then there's somebody like Kevin Spacey, who, when he, who was at the beginning of this wave, who his uh, PR company actually left him. Um, I know obviously you can't speak for them, but why? what would happen in the case? What would make you fire a client? In that case, they fired him. What could could be the reasoning? I don't know what... I don't know what he... Like, I didn't follow that story, so right. I don't know the details of what he's alleged to have done. Um, for him, he was... It was in 1986 or whatever, or whatever but um, it was... Uh, he went... Climbed on. He was very drunk, and he uh, molested a, you know, eighteen-year-old guy or something like that, who ended up being in, the, in rent. Mm -hmm. And this guy came came out and said, maybe it was eighteen years ago or something. But he came out and said it. So he, his agent left him. His uh, PR company left him after this. Um, mm -hmm. Then he came out and said he was a homosexual and that he maybe this happened, but All I right. was really drunk. Yeah. So if I if I did it, maybe I was, but I was so drunk, you know, yeah. so, but. I mean, that's an individual choice, whether mm -hmm. or not, you know, to continue working with someone. I mean, if, if you personally find just the um, allegations or what was done to be so horrible, or if the, the, the celebrity is just really horrible to work with, which, mm -hmm. you know, a few of them, you know, can be sometimes, mm -hmm. if they don't listen to your advice and, mm -hmm. and just go out and do what they want, I mean, that can just make it even worse for you. So, I mean, there's there's a number of factors that go into I guess because it can reflect upon your business, yeah, yeah, especially if exactly, they're not listening yeah. to you. Mm -hmm. And people and if, are saying, is this what Chris Rosser yeah, is telling I mean, these people, guys? That guy's an idiot. I don't want to work. People yeah. know that you represent this person for a long time, and, and yeah, you, this person's out there mm -hmm. just you know, making a fool of themselves, it does reflect on you too. So, mm -hmm. you know, there, mm -hmm. there's just, a, there's a number of, um, you know, different factors that go into that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You well, may, now, Stephen, you may continue with your line of questioning. Huh? Nothing. Hi. Uh, Good to have you. Music is one and more. What I wanted to uh, sort of, for the listeners, is that you have a client and there's something's coming out that they're doing and they, they don't want to do anything. What you know? What steps do you take? I mean, it, they have a movie coming out, or there's a record coming out, or whatever's coming out, and they're just—they're not belligerent. They just don't want to. They don't like it. They feel they're—they're self-conscious. They're, self they're uh, shy. They're whatever. And you know that for this to be a success, they're going to have to do something. Yeah. 
So how do you sort of handle that? Well, you really have to look at what's making them uncomfortable about getting out there because it could be any number of things. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't like to do TV or they don't like to do anything live or they they um, they I, I have a um, I have a, a, a client right now who um, we've we've been trying to um, book on television to to promote their product and mm-hmm. um I, I've finally got a great opportunity with a major national morning show for this client to go on. Mm-hmm. First big break ever. And the client tells me that they don't want to go on because it's live TV and they are prone to fainting. Mm. <laughs> so that wouldn't go over well on right. live TV, right? So right. you really have to know why this person is reluctant to mm-hmm. help promote. But there, there are always ways. And that's really one of the... Um, I, th- I think keys to being a, a good PR uh, you know, a consultant is to, to, f- to find what works for the client. Um, there are a number of different ways to promote anything. You could do interviews by email. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if their client's a good writer or if you have a good writer on your staff, you can write an op-ed on behalf of that client and place it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... Y- you, you, there are, there are definitely ways around it. It just, it, it depends on what, why mm-hmm. they're reluctant. Mm-hmm. Now, there's that old adage: "There's no such thing as bad publicity." Do you agree with that? Um, uh, no. I, I mean, in the case of the sexual harassment stuff, that's bad publicity. I mean, <laughs> that's that's very damaging for these people. So, um, you know, minor things can be turned into great opportunities, but you know, certainly. Uh, big controversial uh, things like that are going to be very difficult to mm-hmm. over, to overcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, um, so I have a question. Getting back to music, um, because it, nowadays there there are a number of sort of a we'll call them like the classic rockers. You've you've dealt with a bunch of them, but there are artists like Bonnie Raitt and Jackson Brown. Because we we wrote a book managing your band, and we talk about sort of the modern entertainment company. And um, these artists, Bonnie Raitt, Jackson Brown, they aren't signed to a traditional label deal anymore. So they have their own record label, their own imprint. They're distributed through an indie, indie label like uh, uh, Bonnie Raitt is through Sony Red. I think Jackson Brown through ADA through Warner. Mm-hmm. And um, so they basically farm out all the different things that maybe in the t- past or tr- traditional record label would do. Right. And so they'll hire you guys. Yep. You know, they'll hire uh, Crochal, you know, Fred Crochal, if you know him. I don't he's know. He's based him, in LA, another yeah. guy like that. But they'll hire those people. But so these are our older artists. They're not going to, Bonnie Raitt, uh, Jackson Brown, they're not going to get music on. Z100, you right. know, on the top 40 station. They're not going to be on Entertainment Tonight. It's going to be hard to get them on maybe even Jimmy Fallon because the audience is too young. And these are people in their 60s and their audience is really baby boomers and maybe just a tiny bit under that. So what are some of the kind of public relations campaigns that can be done for this sort of artist who's almost in limbo between Lawrence Welk, senior citizen, right. and still uh, people still remember them and still like to the music and still will see them live? You know, that's not just a trend in the music industry. That's a big trend in the publishing industry, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of big-time authors and mm-hmm. hugely successful authors have shunned their major publishing companies, and they're putting out their own books. Yeah. Um, now that, you know, we have things like Amazon and the Internet and where you can order directly from the person, I mean, it's, it's great. Um, so, again, you have to look for what 
uh, where your opportunities are going to be with any project. Um, certainly names like that are, are still, you know, big celebrities. I mean, Jackson Brown, Bonnie Raitt are big celebrity names. Um, so you, you have to search and find the people who recognize them and know them. Um, you, um, I, I would think, I would think that, um, like I don't do much of this anymore, but I would think that their social media is going to be really uh, play a prominent role in, in that because that's where their fans are going to be. Um, promoting them in the traditional media may be a little bit more, maybe a little more challenging. But you know, if they have a song about how bad President Trump is, you know, there's a way to get in there. Um, you look at their lyrics and what their songs are about. Uh, maybe there's other tie-ins to, 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 to other things that are, other media are, are talking about every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that's what I would do, is, okay. is try, to, try to find something timely and newsworthy uh, to, to help to kind of promote them in that space. In the same vein, is that the same kind of thing? Unsigned band, you know, um, just put out their first album, second album on Spotify. Um, they, have, they, they necessarily can't afford... You know, two thousand dollars a month for because there are PR companies out there that for two thousand dollars a month I'll do this. I'll try and get you into blogs and into some right. the Aquarian or some local online places, things like that. Um, so, what what can you recommend to them so that they can do PR on their own because they can't afford to do? Are you making these? You're making these funny faces. Yeah. Is, it, is it a hard question or is it? That's uh, a hard question uh-huh. because, I, to be honest, and I think I told Dr. Marconi this before, I would, I don't think I would even know how to break a new band today in, mm-hmm. in this modern age because years ago there used to be so much media that covered music. Um, there was a lot more opportunity to get new bands into that, into the media. You know, mm-hmm. every, uh, every Tuesday when records come out, you know, every newspaper used to have a full page devoted to, to record reviews and mm-hmm. new artists. Um, but that's all gone away. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't see any of that coverage anymore. So you really have to, um, I, I would think, for a new band, um, I, I would think, one, building up your social media would be very important and trying to get new followers attracted to that. But if you're looking at the media um, and trying to get them in the media, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, is, is there something that's, you know, political or, um, you know, what 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 is it that the media is going to be interested in? You have to find that nugget, really. Um, and, you know, a, a skilled PR person has a pretty good shot at it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, just um, because we, we just we, we consume all media. But um, for, for somebody who doesn't know, I, th- I think it would be a real challenge. I'd, I'd have a hard time answering that. Hmm. Tweet or not? Yeah, I'll read a tweet to you. Um, well, we're running out of time. We've still got 17 minutes, Dr. Esteban Marconi. We have so we have too much time. I would ask the producer how much time we have. I would not trust Produce you. Ashley Weltner, who is an engineer producer. How much time do we have left for our also, show tonight? Also, camera woman. We have 17 minutes. <laughs> Who's right? Okay. Um, okay. Um, I, I'm trying to... I had one, and then it was gone. Um what what is one thing that whether it's a DIY artist or even any authors or other people you, that you're worked with? Um, oh, by the way, this comes from Emily Case at Emily Rose two hundred three. What's one thing that um, people should be doing that they might be overlooking? 
maybe is there an when it comes to public relations there's some is there some obvious thing that they don't do because they automatically go they just keep going to twitter hey man listen to my stuff listen to my stuff listen to my stuff um should they be doing something else i i would and and we get people who interview for jobs with us um and young people and they want to go into pr for a career and you ask them what media that they they read and they they read twitter and you know mm -hmm. they, they don't read the new york times mm -hmm. and and the big you know publications that that matter um so for for any um, you know potential public relations outreach you want to be reading the media and being familiar with what the media are writing about it and how they're writing about it and who is writing about it um read you know read the newspaper and read you know the journalist's name who wrote the story you know if if you think hey this you know this person just wrote this story that i think could be a fit with you know my client that i'm working with well who is that reporter and look up that reporter and see what else they've written because you know re reporters cover certain beats and if you go to if you go to a reporter with a story idea and that reporter recognizes that you've done research on them and you know that they love this topic they're going to be more amenable to listen to what you have to say mm -hmm. so so that would be my tip is just consume as much media as possible what about podcasts are you recommending that some of your clients go on to podcasts or do you guys farm out and see who's out there in this genre we, that I'm working with? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, my clients are big national clients, so mm -hmm. we, we tend to stick to like, and you know, if we, if we do podcasts at all, it's a really big, really big one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but for an unknown artist, I, I would do everything like that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, it's more, as long as they have more than three listeners, I, I would, I would not turn away any opportunity. So that them. wouldn't be us. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? As a joke. Um, here's, do you have a tweet? What do you, you Well, Bianca writes... Uh, I was going to read Bianca. Is, that is there a fun? difference between public relations and marketing today? Oh, there's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, public relations and, and marketing. Marketing means advertising. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes at big corporations, public relations falls under the marketing uh, division, but they are... Mm -hmm. um, they are very different things. Advertising is paid for placements, um, where you buy an advertisement in, in in a media outlet. Public relations is is the like we, like I get paid like a fee, but um, the, the placement uh, opportunity is unlimited. So we go to the media and we look for editorial placements that don't cost anything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's very different. Mm -hmm. In advertising, you control a hundred percent what's in your advertisement. In public relations, we're pitching an idea to a journalist, um, hoping that they'll report on that idea, but you never quite sure know exactly where it's going to go sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Jade wants to know, Jade Rock's Life wants to know, what advice do you have for somebody who is going into music PR? Um, going into music PR. So... Um, Gosh, today it's, it's mm -hmm. so different today. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would um, <clears throat> again read all the music media that you can find. Um, find out uh, who the journalists are that are writing those stories. Try to search for their contact information. Um, so, like you, you want to build up kind of a. a, a a database in your computer of, of all these different journalists and, and the outlets and the kinds of
papers that they write. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully you go to a, a, a school like this with a, a program that where you can get an internship to, 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 to get uh, your, your foot in the door at, at one of these music companies today. Mm-hmm. And if you go in there and, and they ask you to, to start helping out working on some projects and you, you say, oh, my gosh, well, I, you know, you know, I'm working on this CD for you, but I, I know this journalist who would love this story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it okay if I pitch it to that journalist? And, you know, they're going to love that. So, mm-hmm. you know, know, know the media. You know, be familiar with the media, who's writing, uh, kinds of stories they're writing. Um, that that um, would, would be a really big help, I think. Okay. Matt, did you have one? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Matt DeLeon wants to know, can you discuss the differences between representing musicians, corporations, television icons, religious and political leaders, et cetera. Is there a difference when you represent any different industry, person from a different industry? The, uh, uh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the, the fundamentals are the same, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when you're working with, uh, you know, either political leaders or religious leaders, there's... Um, you enter this whole world of uh, media agenda, um, which uh, it, it gets, it's, it's been very crazy in, in the last five or 10 years in terms of like the divisiveness of the media. I mean, a lot of media today have um, political agendas. Yeah. So, so working with clients um, in, in those areas can be very challenging and you really have to pay attention and um, know the media that you're dealing with. Um, but I mean, the basic fundamentals are the same. Pitching, pitching your your client to a, a particular media genre, um, but it, it 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 can get very complicated with some of the more um, controversial clients for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gina Royale writes: uh, Are there PR strategies that can be dangerous to an artist's image? Well, sure. <laughs> I think so. Um, I guess what she's trying to say is maybe because she's a DIY artist, singer, songwriter. Uh, how 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 would you choose an artist? Uh, how would you choose a PR person that would be right for you? In other words, even if you were today, and I know you don't have to do this, but if there was um, you know a client and you and somebody else wanted them. What what kind of things would you present that you think would be, um, you know, the right things to, to do for right. that artist? Well, I mean, certainly experience in a certain area, working with a certain genre of artist is, is going to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were working with McCartney, you know, we got everybody hired us to work on their, you know, Beatles-oriented projects um, because we had that expertise. So you certainly want to look at the PR person's expertise. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, equally important is the the PR person's passion for the project. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how, how, you know, much really are they going to be into it and, and, you know, work on your behalf? Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, that's hard to tell um, kind of, um, you know, up front, but, you know, is, is this person returning your calls, excited about meeting with you, um, taking the time to really explain what, 
you know, mm-hmm. his or her ideas are going to be for that campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is definitely uh, you know will give you an indication of how passionate the person is going to be. All right. And if you know, it, it certainly helps if they're representing some of the top artists in that particular category as yeah. well. So yeah, uh, because that that shows that they're going to have the relationships with all the key media. Right. Um, which is you know a very important part of a PR person's kind of tool belt is you know who do they have really close relationships with mm-hmm. um, in in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would say certainly being in uh, some somebody working some, a PR person in New York City is you know probably going to be a better choice than a PR person in Idaho right. working on rock and roll because the persons here in New York City where the media are sure. in, in, in sure. a hotbed of, of everything. So, um, we hear sometimes that PR guys wind up managing or feel like they're managing the artists. You do in your all the experiences going back to the 90s, did you ever sort of have to guide one of your clients in, in that way that you found out that you were just about managing them? Well, the, the the two are actually very similar. I mm-hmm. mean, with, with with PR, you're you're you know picking and choosing, uh, you know which media this artist is going to be represented in, and you are handling their schedule and arranging car service, and you know going through all the nitty gritty of, mm-hmm. of of what essentially you know a manager does. Also, mm-hmm. uh, management gets into different areas as well that you know where we don't have expertise but right. they are very similar absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, final question because I think we have to Dennis, may I ask a final question tweet please thank you very much uh, Miss Lisa wants to know and this is sort of an, an ongoing thing how do you personally stay relevant in public relations what do you what do you do to continuously be at the forefront of what's going on in your business because mm-hmm. um, obviously from 95, when you talk about, say, working right. with Charlie Watts and those guys to today, 20 whatever years ago, pre-internet, pre-social media, basically, or the social media we know of is now, a ton of stuff has changed. How, how can you still be in the business and be effective? That's a great question. Um, I would say that we do a great job for our clients. That's how we stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our business comes to us through referrals. We never have um, once in the last 10 years gone out and solicited new business. So mm-hmm. everything comes to us through the people that we work for and, and do a great job for. So, I mean, that's, you know, everything that it takes to do a, a great job and be successful for our clients um, is what keeps us relevant, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Thank you. It was, it was Miss Lisa's question. She did a great job with her tweet. Thank you, Miss Lisa. All right. We need to wrap it up. Do we need to wrap it up, Ashley Veltner? We do. Okay. So we, uh, at this point in time, should give some thanks. We should give thanks to Chris Roslin, who is yes. a president. He's a president, uh, president of a company. President of <laughs> three people. Yes. <laughs> He's so a president. You never finished the story. You were working for Dara. Then how did you get to be with... We your partner up. now and uh just in one second well we were we, yeah <laughs> from from dara i mean we you know i worked with dara until he retired and he left the company to uh our other business partners there were three of us mm-hmm. and uh so we continued the company for the last six seven years so we've been uh you know on our own now for since then and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. enjoying it and having fun so you sort of it sort of uh just merged into that it did yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. 
<laughs> well, that was great. Thank you very much. But that was good. So, uh, we so should this thank. Is, uh, yes, didn't we just thank Chris? Thank you. And we mentioned he's the president of a company That's and right. uh, blah blah blah, whatever. So, and Dave. Then, uh, yeah. Um, Yes. Oh, 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 what are you going to be doing? I was offensive, by the way. But no, the, it wasn't. Um, the, uh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> uh, what am I going to be doing over the holidays? Over the break, yes. I'm going to be following Pioneer Basketball. Go Pioneers, William Patterson University. Boy. Go, go, go. Win, win, win. Is there a Boy. hockey team here? Did we have no hockey. hockey. We, no don't hockey. we don't believe in hockey. No. No, but bowling. we have a... We have a probably have a bowling. We have Very a bowling club. Bowling. I know. Very good. Because I have a, a freshman student who was a member of a go bowling club, and he said they were yes. fifth in the nation. Yeah. And he 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 felt they were number one. So go, pioneer right. clubs. <laughs> and what's our producer going to be doing over the break? Ashley Weltner. I had to turn my mic on. Um, here I'll turn the cameras. We're Instagram living this now. They can see me. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to be just working most of the break. Not doing Music Biz 101 and more, but working and doing other stuff for the radio station. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Boy. Very good, yeah. So our next live show is going to be January 31st. Of what year? Of the year of our Lord, 2018. Wow. The guest is TBD. We're juggling a number of opportunities. Ah. Then we actually have... Then we're at, we actually will be on the next week as well. I will have to send you the revised schedule. February seventh, ah. we're on. Then we're off for again. So there's a bunch of basketball. You guys don't worry about it. But follow the podcast. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Music Biz One Hundred and One, and more. But don't spell out and use that amber sand S A N D. And uh, continue to follow us. Uh, you're watching on Instagram Live, Music Biz One Hundred and One WP. Are there any? Should people hook up with you on LinkedIn? Should they stay away from you? Stay away from me. Okay, good. Uh, just ignore the PR guy. We have a website if people want to check us out. But um, yes, it's Roslyn and Campion. RC hyphen PR dot com. All right, that's it. Sounds that's it. Yeah. That's it. So the old. Uh, I do have one little tidbit here. So the old story used to be that PR people make chicken salad out of chicken. Do you still think that's uh, true today? Sometimes, absolutely. I mean, you know, I can't, I mean, so many times you just get stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with this? And you have to be creative and come up with a great idea that's that's uh, going to benefit your client. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. There we go. Okay. So, so don't mention Chris Roslin's the president of a company. <laughs> there we well, go. The hyphen. And then the hyphen of a com hyphenated company. So thank you, uh, Ashley Weltner. Thank you, Chris Roslin. Dr. Esteban Marconi. Thank you very much, Dr. Esteban. And my co-host, of course, who needs no introduction. That's right. So at the end of every show, we do not say hello. That would be silly, Chris. Well, thank It'd be, you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm not talking to you anymore. We thanked you 15 oh, times. The There's the president the of the air. All right, the, no, we're still on the oh, air. Okay, I haven't okay. said goodbye, but I don't say goodbye. You know what I say? And you can join me in with me. We say, adios. Uh.